Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the week seven Fantasy Flex main slate podcast here on the Fantasy Flex feed. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. And Sean, I told you, week six <laughs> wasn't over yet. We have more bad luck with our uh, props last night. Yeah, like like you said, I, I was all excited to move on to week seven. You're like, oh, by the way, you know, <laughs> the, the tonight's game is still week six. So I got to have that. Uh, brutal Manny Sanders uh, loss on the prop. So been a frustrating past few weeks, still hovering around break even. Um, I've been crushing spreads and totals. though. It's like 70% on the air. Um, so maybe Stucky and I should switch places for a couple weeks because he's in first place in our fantasy football league. He's undefeated. Um, so he's tearing up in fantasy. I'm tearing up in spreads and totals. But I, I think week seven, um, all, all gets right in the world. And uh, we're, we're going to turn things around here. Yeah, hey, would be that could be interesting. Have a little. Uh, guess, I'm, only, I'm only joking. I'm only joking about that. But <laughs> <laughs> I just want hey. to shout out Stucky. Uh, he is six and zero in our fancy league, so good stuff. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Stucky for you know who we beat to go six and zero. You yours this truly, week. yours truly. And if I had if I had started Alex Collins over Tyler Rocket in my flex. Uh, I would have won by like a point or something. Oh man. Yeah. You know, I I promise I'll beat him in week eight. I think it is. (laughs) I'm going to set a line on that and a total, and we're going to get some action on that baby. Um, By the way, I was able to add Mike Jusicki for free on like Friday this week. What the hell? Uh, kind of league are we in? Right? Just yeah, I mean, Mike. I had Dawson Knox because I had him like what? Oh. I added Dawson Knox for and Khalil Herbert for free. So you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> some people are sleeping, but you know, you know how it goes. Uh, let's let's get into uh, we'll go through the the DFS uh, main slate for this week. We'll talk about guys who are high or low on in our rankings at, at each position. But let's start off with the Thursday night game, which got a lot more interesting because we have the Browns. At home facing the Denver Broncos, we knew Kareem Hunt was going to miss, but now uh, it's been reported that Nick Chubb out as well with a calf injury. So we're looking at a backfield of Dearness Johnson, 
former Ram John Kelly and dual threat running back wide receiver rookie Demetric Felton. So before we even get into like our captain spot, uh, our cheat codes, uh, I just wanted your thoughts, kind of your updated thoughts on this backfield uh, without Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, like I said, I think Dearness Johnson is Nick Chump this week. I think he will take over most of the work that uh, Chubb and Hunt are leaving behind. So I, I'm projecting him right now for, you know, 13 and a half carries, two receptions. I mean, let's remember, he is a pretty good pass catching back. He's been in this role before. Uh, he's He's been on the Browns for three years now, and he's stepped up when needed you know, at times in the past. So I think they lean on him here. Whereas Felton, I think Felton has the higher ceiling. Um, clearly he's probably going to dominate the passing work, uh, but the Browns have been using him exclusively as like a wide receiver kind of scat back kind of role um, since training camp, but certainly he could step up and get eight to 10 carries here as well. Um, I'm curious if you think is Felton going to be the more popular play here, or do you think people are going to be on Dearness Johnson? Cause I think Dearness Johnson might be under rostered. Um, just based on what I've been hearing. Yeah, I mean, the early returns on fantasy Twitter, <laughs> and even in pricing yeah. with Felton being higher, yeah. it's like this is going to be another one of those situations where it's like we're the buzz kills and like everyone's like, oh, it's Demetrius, Demetrius Felton season and like let's go, let's get him in there. And then it's like, actually, guys, like yeah. it's probably going to be Dearness Johnson. And here's my reasoning. And and I mean, I might even have a more contrarian take than, than you do, but the way I'm looking at it is like this. Dearness Johnson's been in the system for a long time, you know, a couple mm-hmm. of years now. He's played special teams. They trust him uh, in all aspects of the game. Now, Felton, you mentioned he's been playing mostly wide receiver. So if it were a Sunday game, I'd say, okay, Felton may be involved as like in that Kareem Hunt role. But yeah. it's a Thursday game. How ready are you really going to get this guy to play heavy snaps at running back? I think that we may actually see John Kelly be the number two back. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, yeah. I'm not kidding though. Like, because Kelly, remember, he's had a couple of double digit carry games in his career with the Rams. Um, he's been in this system for a, a while now, you know, once the Rams uh, let him go, I believe it was last year. I think he was, he's been on this practice squad mm-hmm. you know, with his team for a while now too. So I think that you could see a one, two punch uh, of Johnson with Kelly actually spelling uh, Johnson and Felton, you know, I still think he'll be more involved as a back than he was in the first six weeks, but it might just be a couple extra plays. And this could be mm-hmm. a situation where like, remember when Kyle Shanahan lost all his backs and instead of using, you know, like the other b- running backs on the roster, you got a wide receiver, a carry here and a, another guy carry here. Like, I think we could kind of see that with the Browns. If we do, like, I don't think it's just, there's a lot of ways Felton may not get like yeah. eight to 10 carries. I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, I, I yeah. believe me, I wish he was a guy we could target here. And I, I get the hype, but yeah, he might be a guy uh, worth fading. So I like the Kelly call. I mean, let's face it. It'll be John Kelly or Johnny Stanton, the fullback that right. break this slate, right? Like we know it's going to happen. Um, and, you know, the Browns, they, they have arguably the best offensive line in the league, but they're banged up right yeah. now. So Wills, Treader, or Conklin, like one or all three of those guys could miss here. It's just an ugly, ugly slate. Um, so we should know more you know, by Thursday, but yeah, it looks like the, it's going to be key to figure out this, this running back situation for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I guess we should just to continue a continuation of our waiver episode, you know, we're still kind of in line with hunt. I mean, excuse me, with Johnson being that number one priority, right. And, and waiver yeah. with this news, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, uh, again, like I said, I wish it was felt. And you know, the thing with Felton, 
he's not really an Antonio Gibson project where he's a receiver and they're trying to convert him to running back. It was actually the opposite. I mean, at UCLA, I think he had over 200 plus carries in the past two seasons. Um, So I think he can certainly get eight to 10 carries if they needed, but just they haven't been using him that way um, initially. So like you said, on a short week, I just don't know how they're going to get him ready, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes off here. Just, I I think he is uh, worth fading in the spot. Yeah, like my long-term, or not my long-term, I guess better term would be best-case scenario mm-hmm. for Felton is, remember Ty Montgomery a couple years ago? Yeah, When yeah. he was a receiver with the Packers, and then everyone got hurt, and then they just kind of needed him to use him in that dual role. Uh, I think that's kind of his ceiling. Or you could compare it a little bit to maybe Cordero Patterson this year. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't want to be like blasphemous because Cordero, we know he's a he's an RB1 this week. So Maybe maybe like 2020 Cordero Patterson. <laughs> right. Or the Patriot Cordero Patterson. Went that year he had like yeah. a couple of starts. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it looks like – I mean, he's priced the highest of the three backs in that backfield. Uh, I just – I think he's going to be a little bit too highly rostered um and it's not like he's a smash play like you know it's 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 not like he's guaranteed to workload and you're just fading him based on efficiency like he could get like one or two touches still in this game so um probably a fade for me but let's talk about the captain spot I mean it's pretty ugly when you don't have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt (laughs) I mean Odell Beckham was banged up in and out of that game Baker Mayfield uh we don't know for sure if he's gonna play as we record this on Tuesday afternoon so are we just captaining the broncos defense and I, <laughs> moving oh on? yeah <laughs> you'd certainly go there um and we don't know jarvis landry might return so yeah. just when it comes and david joku's questionable just when it comes to the browns you know we might have some targets come thursday but right now we just have no clue um so when it comes to who we're going to attack you know right now certainly broncos players i know where you're going uh, with your, so I won't steal your thunder. So I think, you know, Noah Fant would certainly be a, a good captain. He's on fire right now, but he'll be popular. So I, I'm going to have to go with Javante Williams here. Um, you know, I, I was hyping him up a bit last week. I, I, I don't want to be one week early and then jump off the train. I'm going to stick with him here. Um, he finally outcarried Melvin Gordon last week for the first time since week one. Um, and I think with Gordon banged up, it would not surprise me on the shorter week um, if they give uh, Javante a bigger role this week. Um, it would certainly make sense. So I kind of want to be hit on him before the market catches up. And I think this will be the first primetime game for the Broncos. So once people see Javante in action, maybe they'll, they'll see how explosive he is. I don't know if you saw his um, rush last week where he leaped over the defender, uh, but he's been really good at forcing missed tackles this year. Um, he has by far the highest missed tackle rate. Um, from all running backs with over 30 plus carries. So I think he's going to be special uh, the rest of the season. Um, So I want to be in on him here. And, you know, when it comes to the Broncos, they have been really run heavy in their three wins. They've averaged 31 and a half carries per game in their three wins. Um, And then really pass heavy in their three losses. They've only averaged 18 and a half carries in their three losses. And with with all the injuries on the Broncos side, it would not surprise me. Uh, or on the on the Brown side, excuse me. It would not surprise me if the Broncos went out right here uh, and this ends up being a sneaky positive game script for, for J- Javante Williams. So I, I love the idea of camp- captaining him here and, you know, stacking him with the Broncos defense. Yeah, I initially when we kind of did the outline, I was going to go with, and I think you're referring to Cortland Sutton as the captain. But yeah. like with all this carnage on the Browns, <laughs> you know, I think I would. I, I mean, if I actually like Dearness Johnson in a captain spot because oh, he essentially well. lets you do whatever you want with the rest of your lineup. True. And 
you kind of like, I, I agree. I think you, some Broncos running backs are another way to go, but I think you want the running games on both sides because the bottom line is the Browns are still a favorite. They're at home. They're still probably going to close as a favorite, uh, even with all yeah. this crazy news. And you're looking at a Broncos defense. That's now just 20th in run defense DVOA. They started the year good, but remember they lost uh, a couple of their run stopping linebacks. They just lost Alexander Johnson, who was, I believe graded as the best run linebacker mm. in the league this year. So they're not quite the same run D they were early in the year. It's a short week. You know, they just, they just gave up a ton of points to the Raiders. So, you know, they're going to be tired. I mean, this is, this is a spot where I think, you know, you might want to leave some salary on the table uh, and go with a guy like Johnson, unless you think the Browns are going to get shut out. I mean, do we really think that Baker Mayfield is going to throw like two, three touchdowns on like a probably not bum shoulder? Yeah. So, yeah. so that, that kind of takes out even, even with the Browns banged up in the run game, that still kind of takes out like Beckham and, and, and all those guys. So it really just leaves me Johnson as the, <laughs> the guy that probably leads the Browns in touches. Uh, and because Gordon and Williams are still splitting touches, Johnson can lead the game in touches. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah he, he's going to be my guy. But I do like Javante. I noticed that as well, um, that he he's finally started to, uh, to to get more work than, than Gordon. He's looked so much better, uh, yeah. aside from that one run that Gordon had early in the year, that one long run. But Gordon did look good on that run. I will give him yeah. credit for that. But Williams, <laughs> it's just Williams, it's the mistakes with Williams. You know, he's had a couple yeah. of fumbles and things like that. So it could go either way. But, you know, the, you made a good point about just the game scripts, because even Sutton, it's kind of affected, not crazily, but – uh, in three wins, he's averaging five catches, 70 yards, and then he's had no touchdowns. But in the, the, the losses, six catches, 87 yards, mm-hmm. and, two, and two touchdowns. Both of his touchdowns have come uh, in trailing game scripts, including that one weight against Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. So, um, you know, probably going to be a lower scoring game. Uh, so, yeah, I like, I like just taking Johnson, and especially if people are going to kind of be a little bit down on him because, they you know, everyone wants to get in Felton and, and, and things like that. So. Uh, Johnson for me. What about for your key codes? So, like you said, this is going to be an ugly game. So, I I do consider Javante Williams and Dearness Johnson as the cheat codes here. Uh, But let's, you know, scrape uh, the bottom of the barrel here. Um, And Kendall Hinton on the Broncos side, um, arguably the worst quarterback in NFL history. Um, but the past Nucci couple- has something to say about that. <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember that game last year? Remember yeah, we nah, keep nah. Throwaway Unfortunately, he was yes. so bad. Um, but the past couple of games, you know, he's run a healthy routes uh, run rate at 66% and then 71% last week. So he posted, you know, five catches for 37 yards, no touchdowns. That, that's obviously not going to win you anything on a main slate, but when it comes to a showdown slate, the game like this, that could win it. Um, so I like him um, on the Brown side of the ball. I think Anthony Schwartz, um, you know, he's their deep threat guy. One of those guys where it would not surprise me if he doesn't catch a ball in this game, but if he does, it could be a, for a long touchdown um, so he's a guy I'll be eyeing as well. And then the sneakiest of sneaky plays would be if Baker Mayfield is active and starts this game, um, throw in Case Keenum. You know, Baker Mayfield's doing with a shoulder injury. He could re-aggravate it early in the game, um, and then Case Keenum can play out the rest of the game. In these showdown slates, sometimes you have to get creative to win these things. So I think playing Case Keenum, even when Baker Mayfield starts, throwing in a couple dart throws like that, I think it's worth it. Yeah, that's a that's a very interesting one that Case Keenum called because uh, this is one of those slates for the Browns especially that uh, 
injuries could kind of dictate how this thing goes. And there could be mm-hmm. guys coming in, you know, at, at all the positions. So uh, I like that one. Uh, like Schwartz as well. I, you know, I'm watching the game against the Cardinals. I, I kept thinking to myself, like, they keep trying to make Anthony Schwartz a thing. Like, they keep, really? They keep, they, yeah, they do. <laughs> it's like, it's not, I'm not saying it's worked. It hasn't really worked since week one. But, uh, yeah. you know, they, he gets returns. He gets, he gets routes. He gets air, you know, he gets his air yards on uh, against uh, man coverage, which Denver plays a lot of man coverage. Uh, his A dot is 27. So he might just need like one play. Yeah. He's a, he's a third round pick this year. So yeah, he, it's not surprising. They want to get him involved. And yeah, ever since week one, he hasn't done anything, but you know, last week he uh, was on the field 44% of the time on Baker drop back. So for a site like this, you, you could do worse for sure. Yeah. My cheat codes are going to be uh, John Kelly. That's the first one, because nice. again, you know, He's he's uh, pretty much min price, and we know the Browns have always used a committee. And Dearness Johnson, you know, his career high in carries is thirteen. He had ninety five yards. So I, again, that's why I think you know we shouldn't just write him off. I think we should pay attention to him. Uh, but this could be just like a Hunt Chubb split again with Johnson in the lead and Kelly spelling him and, and Felton. You know, he'll maybe getting you know five touches instead of like ten. So uh, Kelly, if he gets a touch around the goal line or let's say Johnson, you know, short week, you know, he can't handle the big workload, you know, uh, cause he, you know, he also has played special teams. So it's not like he's just been sitting on the bench um, doing nothing for these six weeks. Um, you know, you could see Kelly go. So it's kind of like the case Keenum, like a case Keenum, John Kelly stack. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? We're like, just getting <laughs> disgusting here, but this slight calls for disgusting. I mean, look yeah. at the matchup, but uh, Kelly was on, he's been on the Browns this whole time. Right. Um, I seem to remember him having a pretty good preseason. So yeah, he knows the playbook. He's not some free agent. They just signed like yesterday kind of thing. Like he knows the playbook. He could absolutely step in here. Yeah. That's a great point because again, I think the times where, you know, we whiff the most on these kind of uncertain calls is when <laughs> we don't consider like, and when I say we, I mean, as an industry, yeah. um, I know we've been whiffing on some calls lately. So, you know, us too. Everybody but, has. Yeah. Everybody has. <laughs> um, no, I meant, you know, <laughs> in, in the industry, uh, what I think happens is we fail to consider how the organization thinks and, and what kind of goes on behind the scenes. And yeah. uh, I think one of those, that's a great point is that Kelly has been on the practice squad, which literally means he practices with the Cleveland Browns every week and every day. You know what I mean? Like this yeah, is no, it matters. It yeah. definitely matters. He's in the building. He's training with the team. Uh, you know, he's probably playing the scout team. He's probably their scout team, Nick Chubb, to be honest. There's some, you know, their scout <laughs> team, whoever the opponent big back is, you know what I mean? So um, Kelly, I think is, is a viable guy. And uh, one other guy I wanted to mention since we are, it is kind of a wide open slate uh, and, uh, my boy, Ken, uh, who I have met out here in Cali, one of my boys, um, he he always asked me, like, who are the punt plays in DFS? And we talked about a bunch of them, but uh, another one is Harrison Bryant, you know? Um, mm. He's their third tight end. He's averaging a route on about 27% uh, of the dropback. So that's not inconsequential for a guy that's pretty much minimum price. And especially with the way... Number one, Najoku's been banged up. But number two, just the way the Browns have been rotating tight ends and kind of featuring different guys each and every week. Remember earlier this year, Bryant was split out as a wide receiver uh, on certain plays. So this is a game where, I mean, if Bryant gets like one play action touchdown catch, uh, you know, close to the end zone, uh, he probably hits value here. So just another guy I wanted to mention with Austin Hooper struggling. He had a couple drops, uh, I think, last week. Najoku banged up. Uh, Brian and, and another thing I think may happen with Mayfield banged up and with the O line banged up, 
a lot of big personnel, a lot of two tight end and even three tight Maybe end. Three tight end, yeah. Yeah. So. That's that's a good call, especially if you know if Landry and Odell are out. Um, you could certainly see Bryant lining up in, in the slot again, or even Felton actually. But yeah, yeah there's a lot of different, a lot of different moving pieces if uh, Beckham and Landry out here. I mean, this this slate is a disaster. Let's face it. Yeah, I'm telling you that John Kelly, John Kelly, Case Keenum, Browns D. That's love it. <laughs> that's the winning. Uh, that's the, the winning lineup. But uh, all right, let's get into the main slate uh, on the Action Network Fantasy Flex podcast presented by. Prize picks. Let's start with quarterback here. Uh, Sean, who are your top five uh, initially heading into the week? So despite all the teams on by this week, it's a pretty standard top five uh, minus Josh Allen. It's Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, and Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I have Mahomes, Murray, Jackson, Brady Hurts. So I think I have Murray second, Jackson third. So I uh, I just, I mean, Houston, yeah, they're 17 point favorites, but this could be like the Cardinals could be like a 50 50 piece, 50 burger yeah. on Houston. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to keep Murray here. I'm just so impressed are, with how Kyler's playing. Are you projecting the Cardinals back up this week? Is it one of those weeks? Colt I haven't McCoy? yet. I, I, <laughs> I could though. Um, you know, one, I usually do it more for injuries, but uh, yeah, this yeah. could be one of those weeks. But I mean, I just don't want to take anything out of Murray's projection. True. Like, he's been just. Just like that, the game against Cleveland really proved a lot because, you know, without Kingsbury, without your quarterback coach, it was just Kyler go out there and play. And uh, he's playing. So uh, love Kyler. Uh, Mahomes is still doing his thing. All right. So let's go to the slate and look at the quarterbacks that are in the high, highest price range. It's Kyler, it's Mahomes, it's Brady. The one guy that's in the top five in pricing on the main slate that we didn't mention is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, is he right outside of your top five or are you, is he too highly priced uh, this week for you? No, he is just on the cusp. I believe he's my QB six. Um, but when it comes to that price tag, I mean, he's a hundred dollars more than Lamar Jackson. Um, so he's certainly a fade uh, for me in DFS, but yeah, he, he's up there. He's my QB six. All right. Who do we, uh, who are you, some guys or uh, at least one player you're high on, higher on uh, than pricing or than, you know, the consensus at quarterback uh, for week number seven. Yeah. So I already mentioned about Lamar Jackson at 7,400. Um, you know, it's a bounce back game from him uh, this week. He's a little bit too cheap. You know, last week the chargers put up zero fight. So he really didn't have to do much. Um, you know, they got all three of the veteran running backs, a touchdown, which is nice. Uh, but I think he's going to bounce back here with a big game. This could be the first time. He has Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, and Rashad Bateman. Oh, and Mark Andrews at his disposal. Um, so I think we're going to be seeing, you know, Lamar Jackson was on a torrid pace before last week. I think he'll bounce back here. So if, if I'm going expensive this week, I'm going with Lamar Jackson. Um, outside of him, though, it, it does open up. And this is a week where I'm, I'm willing to go cheap. And I like two quarterbacks from the same game, and that's Matt Ryan at 5,700 and Tua Tungavaloa at 5,500. This game, I think, could be a sneaky game to stack. Um, so I'll be picking on these quarterbacks. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what's up with these Dolphins cornerbacks. You know, both Xavier Howard and Byron Jones were out last week. Um, so if one or both are out again this week, I'm going to love Matt Ryan even more. Um, you know, he gets Calvin Ridley back, possibly Russell Gage. Kyle Pitts looks like he's finally broken out. Uh, and Coral 
Cordell Patterson, the ultimate Swiss Army knife. So I think there's a lot of stacking options for Matt Ryan here. Same thing with Tua. Uh, I mean, in that London game, he looked pretty sharp on a couple series. The Dolphins are leaning on the pass a lot right now. Um, so if he gets back Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, he'll have a ton of stacking options. So I think um, that game and those quarterbacks, I, I think I'll be heavily invested in this week. Yeah, I mean, I you know I like to marry since you know we're here at Action Network. I like to marry kind of what I think is projected game script wise is going to happen uh-huh. with with the quarterbacks, and it, it really looks good for for Matt Ryan. You know, going on the road, but coming off a bye, road favorites off a bye are, are sixty four and thirty three uh, against the spread since two thousand and three. That's sixty six percent. So nice. That means like. You know, you come in on the road, you could see that the Falcons outperform expectations. And usually that happens, you know, you're going to be throwing it uh, around when that happens on the road. So uh, I do like Matt Ryan a lot, but uh, I got to go with, I mean, I had in my initial projections, this guy had like a Matthew Friedman, like passing yardage projection for this. Oh. <laughs> and this, it was at 348. And this is Matthew Stafford. I, I, I've since lowered it. But I mean, this is Matthew Stafford revenge game. This is like, how can we not oh, play I Matthew know, right? Stafford <laughs> this week against the, the Detroit Lions who just have like no cornerbacks, uh, you know, a very vanilla defense. Just, I mean, this is the spot to play Matthew Stafford. Yeah, you know, you know, he's probably going to, going to come to Sean McVay and say like, you know, don't let's not let up here. Like I want to look yeah. like this is like the way you felt about Tom Brady against new England is probably the way I feel about Matthew Stafford, except like new England actually has a good defense and bill Belichick. Whereas hopefully, like, hopefully you don't have to deal with a monsoon here. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's, it's at, in LA. So unless we're dealing with a monsoon, for some reason we have good. a dome here in LA uh, oh, yeah. of all places, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rain is obviously not a concern here. Right. So this is this is where I would probably say, like, if you're going to go over it yeah. on somebody this week, just based on, like, pure uh, motivation or, you know, intangible factors, it's Matthew Stafford's yes. passing yards. Cause, yeah. Yeah. It's, like when, it's, I, I love this call. And when I was doing my initial projections, um, I, I did Jared Goff first. Um, and I was like, <laughs> oh, this is a Jared Goff revenge game. Yeah, baby. And then I thought, wait a minute, it's Matthew Stafford. It's it's also Sean McVay revenge game. Like he wants to stick it to Jared Goff. You, yes. you know, as horrible as that sounds, he does want to do that and you know prove like he's been holding me back these past couple seasons. So it's a, it's a Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay revenge game. I agree. I think they won't let up. This is essentially what I was going with Tom Brady week. You can take Stafford here. And I agree. I, I think he deserves a Matthew Friedman projection of like 350, 360 passing yards here. So love it. And, but it's just funny that like, I didn't even edit it. It was just like, it came up as that. Yeah. It, it was like, it started the week as that. So it's like, I, I mean, it's yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he like catches a touchdown or something in this game. Wow. Like they'll do like the LA special. Making some bold calls this yeah. week. But. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, you just, you just know that, that he's yeah. waiting He's been waiting for this one, and the defense is non-existent. So uh, Stafford's really the the one guy that stood out to me. I, I do agree that there are options in the lower tiers. If I had a, you know, I, I do like Ryan and Tonga Vilo. We talked about them on the waiver podcast. Uh, so two more I'll mention because I think they'll be 
fairly lower uh, rostered. Uh, Daniel Jones and Justin Fields uh, are near the bottom of the pricing tiers this week. Daniel Jones, I don't think it's really matchup dependent with him. It's just sometimes he runs and he has success and sometimes he doesn't. And, you know, it, it's just very random, but that's perfect for tournaments in DFS. And I think after the disastrous couple of weeks, you know, one getting hurt, another just poor performance, people will be off him, but his prices come down to a great spot. And remember the upside he had, even in some tough matchups to start the year, he still put up numbers because of that running ability. And then Justin Fields, he's probably going to run more. We've seen that happen um, last week. And then going against Tampa Bay, he needs to be an extension of the run game. But also Tampa Bay has given up, you know, top six numbers to opposing quarterbacks. So this might be the most pass-heavy script that uh, that Fields has has seen yet. So I think yeah. those two guys are – and it's it's crazy because Ryan Tungavailoa, Jones, and Fields are all bunched together in pricing. Uh, essentially. So I, I like those four guys, uh, probably two or three of them, if not all four uh, should be, you know, lightly rostered um, or there'll probably be like one popular one out of them. And I would guess it would be one of the two guys in the Atlanta Miami game. So uh, really like that, that little tier down there. If, yeah. If, if you're going I agree. Down from Stafford Jackson. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the sweet spot. And I was going to mention Daniel Jones, but we need to know who's going to be available for him. Um, and I had mentioned, you know, he was looking good when Kadarius Tony was in the game. How could you not? And once he got hurt, that's when, you know, it just went to shit. And I guess Daniel Jones admitted it. He said, like, our game plan was get the ball to Tony. And once he went down, they were just lost. Um, so, yeah, like if if Tony's healthy this week um, and Galladay's back and, you know, they have Shepard back, like I, I think Daniel Jones is ready to erupt. So love taking him. Um, shouldn't be rostered heavily at all, especially after last week. So I think he's sneaky this week. That's a terrible game plan, by the way. The guy that was checking in and out of the game. Yeah, exactly. Week, week yeah, let's build our game plan around him. But <laughs> yeah, they didn't not, really – they, they had him and Sterling Shepard, right? That's, yeah, build it around Sterling Shepard. Where's yeah, that well, they kind of did. He got 10 catches. Yeah, but get John Ross involved, damn it. Yeah, I mean, he played less snaps than Colin Johnson. I don't like, – yeah. it it's just uh, – I never know how to project the Giants receiver starting a week. You just have to wait till everyone gets ruled out. Like, <laughs> there's yeah. no way to know who's going to play how many snaps. Yeah, but, Exactly. Uh, uh, Carolina's having their own problems, so you uh, <laughs> like him. But uh, let's go to the prop for quarterbacks. What you got? So I think you'll love this one. It's uh, Justin Fields over under 210 and a half passing yards against the Buccaneers. This is up on prize picks right now. Um, so where, where are you going with this over or under? Oh, that's I'm pretty in line with that. Uh, I'm going to go over just because I think the game script is going to kind of dictate it. And I think even though he's been a, a, a low volume quarterback thus far, I don't think it'll be crazy hard to go over it, especially if the Bucs score some points, because they're still going to use some max protects, which gives him the opportunity, you know, to stand in the pocket and look downfield for a guy like Darnell Mooney uh, and Tampa Bay is still very banged up in the secondary. So if you combine like, you know, not pre- no, no real pressure because they've been blitzing a lot and still haven't been getting pressure. Um, and with a max protect, I think he's going to be able to hit some chunk plays, even if it's still not like a 40 pass game. So yeah. uh, I'll go over. What about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much in line. I'm disappointed. I, I wanted this to be like too high, like 235 or, you know, stick with the, his baseline right now, which is like 190. Yeah. Uh, so this I, I'm in line with this. And if this would be his career high, if he were to just hit this number. So I, I think it's a good line. And more importantly, this just means that, Maybe Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, even Cole Komet might be in play this week. Um, you know, last week when I was projecting Jalen Hurts for like 280 passing yards against the Buccaneers, I was getting, um, you know, 
uh, Jalen Rager sort of on that wide receiver three cusp, Quez Watkins. And then, you know, when Jalen Hurts only throws for 115 yards, it kind of blows everything out the window. But I think, yeah, I think Fields has his best game yet uh, this week. And that guy's like Allen Robinson, Mooney, um, it, you know, would not be surprising if they have uh, a good game this week as well. They're going over. Uh, no, I like pick. I'm in line here. You can't get two ten and a half in the I'm box a, score. I, I, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to lean over here. I'm going to lean over. I'm not okay. I'm not locking it in already, but I am leaning the, over. The people want the pick. <laughs> over. Even, even if it's just a fade us. They, they, over, they maybe. The <laughs> well, let me put it this way. Maybe I'm taking it over on an Allen Robinson or Mooney instead. But gotcha. uh, I, I do like this over. All right, let's go to running backs. Sean, your top five for week seven. So I got Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Daryl Henderson, and Jonathan Taylor. So pretty interesting towards the bottom half uh, here, but so many running backs are on by this week that uh, it, it tends to get ugly this time of year. Yeah, uh, I got four out of those five, a little different order. I got Henry Kamara, Daryl Henderson, three, nice. uh, Joe Mixon, four, and Aaron Jones, five. Uh, I mean, these Lions – are just inflating all of my yeah. <laughs> Rams projections as they should. But, uh, you know, Henderson's still getting over 70% of the carries running a ton of routes as well. You know, so, uh, well, I do think Sony Michelle, this is one of those games where you could see Sony Michelle mixing late. Uh, it would be because the Rams got a big and I think Henderson Stafford, I, I just think the Rams offense is in a smash spot uh, here. So how about, here. how about just a couple, like, just outside of the top five, it's so crazy yeah. to see Chuba Hubbard, Leonard Chuba. Fournette, and Cordell or Patterson. Like, what were the odds of that um, heading into the season that I would have those three specifically in my top ten at any point this year? Yeah, I, yeah, Patterson's my <laughs> RB ten. Uh, I know Chuba's up there. I don't know. If, let me Fournette. I think is still a little. How bit is outside. he not? How is he not in your top ten by now? I mean, it's insane. He's 12. So he's right there. He's on the couch. Yeah, he's, you know, he's right there. Uh, okay. Uh, there's a couple other guys. I mean, I think who, 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 I'm trying to find out. Hold on. Let me, let me I mean, Daryl Williams, Devontae Booker, Mike Davis are all on the fringe of RB. Yeah, I think it was Daryl Williams. Let me let me see that. Who I got. Darius Johnston is 16. Yeah, I got Daryl. Daryl Williams <laughs> my RB8. I mean, he's getting like 80% of the, the, the carries in that yeah. backfield. So... Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of guys, but and they're not guys we usually. It usually looks have like here. a it looks like a week seventeen, or I guess we should call it a week eighteen kind of running back rankings this week. If I'm being completely honest, like it's insane right now. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> with that said, uh, let's get into yeah. some of the guys we like. You know, guys you're higher on than consensus, just guys you you think are are great values in DFS. Uh, I know I got a number of them, so uh, feel free to you know take whoever you want. But uh, who you got? Yeah, so let me start off with uh, DeAndre Swift at 6K against the Rams. You know, being plus 15 or plus 18, whatever they are right now, really doesn't matter when it comes to Swift because he's the pass catching back. Goff loves to target him, especially when they're trailing. I mean, um, he leads the team in targets when the Lions are trailing by seven or more. So this is, you know, a perfect game script for him. Last week, he actually saw 76% of the rush attempts. You know, that was probably due to Jamal Williams. Um, dealing with a hip injury, but you know, if he were to become a workout workhorse back, um, you know, he has top five potential just given his receiving upside and, you know, he's, he's the goal line back as well. So um, love Swift here in the negative game script. I think he's too cheap um, just given how well he's played this year. Um, and then I love taking these running backs that are in just insanely positive 
game scripts uh, and that Sony Michelle at 4,200, um, you know, you could certainly see the Rams up by a ton in the second half and they just give Sony Michelle, um, you know, the, the four minute offense, you know, all the work at the end of the game um, where he could hit value in just the second half alone. So like sprinkling him into GPPs and then James Conner at home against the Texans. I mean, if there were ever a James Conner game script, this would be it. Um, so he, he has 64% of the carries between he and Chase Edmonds when the Cardinals are up by seven or more points. Um, and then it drops to 53% in all other scenarios. So I think this will be a heavy James Conner game, especially with, um, you know, Chase Edmonds dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, it would not surprise me if they just let him kind of rest up in the second half if they're up a ton. So love James Conner as well. And then just last but not least, got to wrap it up with Chuba Hubbard at 6,100 against the Giants. Uh, you know, the Panthers are on a three-game losing streak. They got to mix it up. And according to Matt Rule, they need to run more. Um, he said, we're going to redefine who we are going forward and run the ball. He wants to run it, you know, 30 to 33 times a game. Uh, whatever you say, Matt Rule, but uh, I'm going to take him for his word. So I think Chuba Hubbard could see 20-plus touches here. Love him in a very thin week at running back. Um, so he's another guy I'm going to be targeting heavily as well. It's interesting, too, and I love Hubbard. I think he's my RB6 right now. Uh, it's interesting that it's like a week, uh, a thin week at running back in fantasy, but it's actually a pretty great week in DFS because all of the guys in yeah. the top 10 are pretty cheap. Yep. So it's like one of those weird weeks where it's it's actually like easier to make a DFS lineup here than it is to just, you know, kind of find these guys in fantasy. Um, so, yeah, like, like all those guys. Uh, mentioned Henderson and Mixon uh, on the high end already. I think those guys are – underpriced for, you know, they have running back one overall upside uh, on this slate. And, uh, you know, they're still, they're right outside that top five in, in pricing. So uh, love those two guys, Darrell Williams. He's a top 10 running back for me this week, uh, going against the Titans on a short week. Uh, Williams got pretty much, you know, all of the carries in the backfield. JD McKissick would play about one third of the pass down snaps, but wasn't really a factor in the run game. And uh, I think that's a, a good sign this week against the Titans defense that had a, you know, had to run around a lot, you know, kind of just fa- uh, keeping Josh Allen in, in check. And then they had the big, you know, emotional stop at the end. I think this could be a little bit of a letdown uh, for them. So like Williams, uh, Devontae Booker, uh, I know he got vultured on a touchdown, but, uh, you know, he's another guy who he got 80% of the, the carries in the backfield for the Giants last week, uh, ran around on over half the dropbacks as well. So he's getting that, you know, pretty much in line with that Saquon Barkley usage for the most part um, is Booker. So like him. And then some na- some guys to monitor. Uh, Antonio Gibson looks very questionable for this week. So J.D. McKissick is a guy that would then become valuable, especially against the Packers. He might be valuable anyway mm-hmm. just because of the, you know, they're nine and a half point underdogs in Green Bay. Uh, and, and also Jared Patterson, if Gibson's out, that's the, that's, that was the preseason star. You know, I have him stashed in a couple of leagues uh, and on a couple of best ball rosters. So I have to mention him in case Gibson's out. Well, obviously no more later in the week, but uh, love uh, Jared Patterson uh, in that spot. If, 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 if Gibson misses. Yeah. If Gibson's out, Patterson will probably inherit most of that role. But yeah, I, I think given the game script, it's probably JD McKissick. And if you look at the uh, Washington schedule the next few weeks, um, if Gibson does end up missing a few games, it, it sucks for Patterson because 
they're probably going to be in a negative game script against Packers this week, possibly next week against Broncos. And then they face the Buccaneers after that. So <laughs> it's just a bit unfortunate because I don't know if Patterson's going to be involved in the passing game at all. So he's going to need, uh, you know, a positive game script. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on the J.D. McKissick call here, though. Yeah. And a couple of other disgusting ones. And these are like super contrarian. Maybe if games just co- co- go completely backwards, then we expect. Uh, but Mark Ingram at 4,400. He's been averaging 18 <laughs> touches a game over Yuck. the past couple of games. Uh, Cardinals giving up over five yards per carry to running backs. We just want volume. That's that's what we yep. want uh, in DFS. And uh, and Michael Carter, you know, the Patriots are beat the, the wheels off the Jets in the first matchup. But Carter's under 5K uh, on DraftKings, and he's getting about 60% of the carries in the backfield. And so, and he's starting to be like separate as that lead back and they're coming off the, uh, the buy as well. So uh, it could be a spot where we see Carter with his biggest workload of the year. Now that they have, they've had a buy, he's had a chance to rest up, maybe get past that initial rookie wall. So I kind I like taking rookies out of buys too. That's, that's something, I don't know if there's definitive data on it, but I've just remembered, you know, over the past few years playing DFS, that it tends to work out well. The, the roster ship tends to be mm-hmm. down a little. Um, and we kind of forget that, you know, this is probably the time where coaches are, are able to kind of coach these guys up the most and get them ready for a bigger role down the stretch. So uh, Carter's another guy that uh, I would look to, because you're going to, you're going to need some cheap contrarian options because even the, the top guys are cheap. So you're not going to be able to just go with like the top one or two cheap guys. Uh, you might need to dig a little deeper this week. Cause it's all over the place at running back. I mean, yeah. So and about that- it. That's a great point. And I think that of all weeks, this would be the week to really spend up a wide receiver because um, that's where it's really top heavy. I mean, you just, I mean, we're about to talk about receivers, but um, you have three sets at the top and then it's sort of wide open. So this, this would be a week to kind of get these like uh, cheap running backs that are still in like workhorse roles and then really spend up at wide receiver this week. Yep. Uh, All right. Who do we got for our running back prop? Um, so let's go with Miles Gaskin, total rushing and receiving yards. They're at home against the Falcons. And unfortunately, with so many running backs on buys, uh, you know, he's still he's on that sit start cusp. So let's let's try to figure him out. Um, but I have his total rushing and receiving yards at give me a second. All right. So I'm going to set the line at 50 and a half. And I don't feel over. good about it. Oh, you're going I, over. Okay. Yeah, I, I have a I have a mean projection around 59. I have him so I have him eight carries for 32 yards and yeah. uh, about 3.2 catches for 27. I have yeah, him, I'm like <laughs> like right in line with you. That's crazy. Yeah. So in the uh, median, obviously, <laughs> is a little lower. So I get why you set it at 50 and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you probably take off four or five yards for each of those. But uh yeah, I have him. I mean, what are your percentages for his work? But I have him at about 43% of the backfield carries and 40% of routes per, per drop back. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the mystery, right? Is he has such a low floor because they've been just doing the hot hand approach. Um, so I have him around 45, uh, well, I am around 40% actually. Yeah. Um, and routes run. And then when it comes to rushing, hold on a second, it's too early in the week for this. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, it dipped down to 29% last week. So, yeah, I'm probably right around 40% as well. Um, he's one of those backs that he still has a high ceiling. I, I still consider him to be the best running back on the team. Um, I say that cautiously. But just like I said, going into the season, we can't we can't trust Brian Flores. Um, so he has a really low floor. So that's why I think 
just of all weeks, it's more important than ever to kind of get them right. So it sounds like we're in line and we're, we're so where do you have them ranked? Because I have them like RB26. RB25 and half PPR. Oh, yeah. So he's right there. Yeah. I think you got a plan this week, huh? Uh, I mean, I would like not to, but yeah. If you, yeah. Uh, he's, <laughs> the thing is, I mean, with all this carnage, we've got, there are some better options as we've just talked about, but uh, you know, I, I think he is a guy probably in DFS. Actually, it's, it's, it's intriguing as well, because remember he does have that high upside in the passing game. And it looks like the dolphins are kind of doing the thing where they feature different guys, depending on matchup. So, you know, Against the in a game script where they were going to trail, Gaskin mm-hmm. ended up being the guy, and he was a huge contrarian play uh, against the Bucks. And now, you know, against the Jags, it's a more it's a game script where you think you're going to probably be ahead more, and they were for a good part of the game until the end. Uh, so you saw more of Brown, more of Ahmed. So this week, I mean, they're they are back home, but whatever they did last week didn't work. And when yeah. you say we can't trust Brian Flores, I feel like Dolphins ownership might be thinking the same thing i mean this Ooh. team is a, a damian harris fumble away from being 0 six they lost to the jaguars yeah. gave them their first win so uh gaskin has been a lone bright spot you probably if you're kind of i mean I'm not, i don't want to say he's coaching for his job but he might be coaching for his job over this long ter- longer term of the season and it starts here and so i think you yeah. go with your best players so yeah i didn't even think of that but yeah i mean they have been rough lately um so yeah that, i i yeah, I agree with that. He, he might lean on Gaskin here. And I, it, it's worth mentioning that Gaskin, um, I think he dropped like a touchdown. If if Tua had just led him into the end zone a little bit better, I think it was Tua's fault. But Gaskin almost caught a touchdown to salvage. What was this an awful day? But other than that, Gaskin did look bad last week. But like I said, it, he's a bet on talent. I think he'll bounce back this week. It's an easy matchup. After this, if he if he doesn't perform well this week, um, he's sort of like the, the Robbie Anderson. This is the last week where I'm going to trust him in any lineups this week. Um, then I think it might be time to move on. Yeah, Miles Gaskin has the life jacket on, and he's drowning yeah, in the frozen exactly. pond. He's trying oh, to climb his way back to the top. Oh, that Miami been... water hasn't quite frozen yet. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's a little warm, but it's, he's, he's sinking fast. Oh, he, he, you know, he's in the frozen pond. We just have, uh, you know, our fishing line out there. We're trying to lift him up. Um, but we, we need some help, man. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, I, I was heavily considering going under on his rushing prop last week, you know, early. And then I was like, oh, it's too early. I'm not going to bet anything on this Jaguars. Like, I just want to stay away from that London game and just like enjoy my life. Cause I had been on the <laughs> Malcolm Brown prop the week before under, and he didn't even get a carry. And then sure yeah. enough, miles Ma- Gaskin just completely absent from the game plan. So this week, if they post a Malcolm Brown prop, uh, or an Ahmed prop, just bang the under because that's what yeah. it seems to be. It's like it's like up and down with these with these. That would be the way. Uh, yeah, I don't want to go. Uh, I don't want to bet on Gaskins over, but one way to do it is to bet on those two. Their unders. Uh, that's kind of a way of betting on Gaskin, just to have a bigger workload at least. All right, now it's time for a segment that we like to call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our projections. To the lines to build some entries. We do running backs on this show. We'll do two each. Sean, who's your first running back pick for week seven and your prize picks lead entry? So I, I'm going to kick it off with Michael Carter under 42 and a half rush yards against the Patriots. Now we've been saying, you know, we, we do like Carter this week and rest of the season for fantasy. But for, for me, that's that's because of his um, receiving usage. Like I, I think he's going to step up 
as the main pass catching back for the Jets going forward. And certainly it could be the lead back going forward when, when it comes to carries. But either way, this is still probably a three-way committee um, with Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman. So I think he does have a lower floor um, than other running backs with a similar projection. Um, I'm projecting closer to 36 and a half rushing yards here. Um, it, it's interesting. He's, he's only gone over this number once this year, and it was against the Patriots. Um, so I think they're going to they're gonna game plan a little bit better against the run here. Um, and I think he goes under. But, you know, given his receiving upset, I still do like him for fantasy. Yeah, the way Zach Wilson's playing, you, you want to make the Jets pass, actually. <laughs> you rather yeah. play the run. Usually, <laughs> Belichick is trying to stop the run. Uh, I'm mean, trying to stop the pass. But uh, in this yep. case, Wilson making so many mistakes that I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, for my first one, I'm going Alvin Kamara over 76 and a half uh, rushing yards. He's been over this in 60% uh, or three out of five games this season. And over the last three games, uh, he's averaging 22 carries per game. Tony Jones Jr., uh, the backup, has been uh, injured. And so that's kind of raising Kamara's floor. I, I saw they just signed Lamar Miller to the practice squad. So they're really kind of, they don't have anything behind Kamara. So I expect him to continue uh, to get this long, work, big workload, especially because Saints are coming off a bye here. So there's no reason not to put this game in Alvin Kamara's hands against a Seattle Seahawks defense that's just been pretty average against the run uh, this season. Yeah, I, I like it. Alvin Kamara, he's, he's kind of turned into a guy that we just, you know, expect close to 20 carries a game, and it's his receiving usage that is sporadic, which is, which is new to us when it comes to projecting him. So I, I like him as a high four. Uh, rushing our play here as well. All right, who is your second running back prop for week seven? So, you know, I always love going with a Thursday night football prop for my second prop here, and I'm going there. Uh, Javante Williams over 45 and a half rushing yards against the Browns this week. Um, you know, he's gone over this in four of six games this year. One of those unders, um, he had 45 rushing yards. So he, he nearly has gone over this five of six games, and that's despite being in a near even timeshare with Melvin Gordon. Um, last week, Javante Williams did see more carries than Melvin Gordon. I think on the short week, they might give Javante a bigger workload because Melvin Gordon's been dealing with a hip injury. Um, so they might want to kind of ease up with Melvin Gordon here. And I've been saying it, Javante Williams um, is a really talented um, rookie running back. Um, he leads the league in missed tackle rate for all running backs with over 30 carries. So I think he's going to flash his skill set in prime time this week. And this will be the last time we get a prop uh, this low for him. Yeah, man. Beat Javante, man. Come on, yeah. Big Fangio. You're losing. You're <laughs> losing the season. You started good. And now it's uh, sinking down the drain. So this would be a good time uh, for Javante. Uh, I am going with uh, a favorite on this show, and that's DeAndre Swift under 43 and a half rushing <laughs> yards. Uh, I mean, you know, this is one of those things where – Swift can be active in a lot of ways, and most of those ways tend to come passing. They're a 15 and a half point underdog, so it doesn't set up as a game script where Swift should get a lot of running usage. Jamal Williams was dealing with an injury these past couple of weeks, so he could be healthier and, and get more usage in the run game. Swift has already been under this number in four out of six. His median is 38 yards, uh, and that's where I pretty much have him for this week. So I'd bet this to about 38 and a half. Uh, the Rams are allowing just 83 yards per game to opposing backfields. So they've allowed another about 25 yards per game to the quarterbacks running the football. But they've been stingy on the ground, even though they kind of invite the run. And that's just because they're so good on offense that it's hard to keep them in uh, neutral game scripts and where you can run the ball. So don't expect Swift to 
to get over this one. I expect him to go under 43 and a half for the fifth time in seven games. Yeah, this reminds me of the Michael Carter prop where um, I still love Swift and fantasy. Obviously, he's a top 10 running back, but it's not due to his rushing yards. I'm projecting him for just under 40. Um, and this should be a blowout. So it's not a game script where, you know, he's going to see many carries. And the only two times he's gone over this number were the two times the Lions lost by two points. Exactly. A bit of deuces wild going on there. But yeah, th- this is not one of those games where they're going to lose by just two points. So yeah, give me the under here as well. All right, to recap, Sean going with Michael Carter under 42 and a half rushing yards against the Patriots and Javante Williams over 45 and a half rushing yards against Cleveland. I'm going with Alvin Kamara over 76 and a half rushing yards against Seattle and DeAndre Swift under 43 and a half rushing yards against the Rams. That is going to do it for our Prize Picks Elite Entry segment for Week 7. Reminder, the lines do move, so be sure to act quick to get the best numbers. If you haven't created a Prize Picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description, and they'll match your first deposit up to $100, or visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. Okay, back to the Fantasy Flex. Uh, all right, let's go to wide receiver, Sean who are your top five wideouts for week number seven? So d- despite all the buys, this this doesn't seem crazy. It's it's Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, DJ Moore, and then DeAndre Hopkins. Welcome back to the top five, buddy. I mean, hey, I told you we weren't <laughs> going to be fading DeAndre Hopkins. Like, you- <laughs> he's, got that, he's got that touchdown upside. Touchdown. Yeah. He's he got might the DeAndre four- Hopkins upside. He's he might DeAndre four- Hopkins. He might get four targets again, but they might be. He might have a Mike Evans line, three catches for ten yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, you, you know why they they started coming up with those uh, adjusted yards per attempt for quarterbacks. It's like because when you throw touchdowns, you don't need yards. Like if, if, yeah. if DeAndre Hopkins stopped catching so many touchdowns, maybe he'd need more catches to get down the field with exactly. this offense. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they uh, uh, they're playing at a high level. He's actually my wide receiver six, um, and maybe this will change. But right now, I have Adams Cup. In this in number two, so he has Tyreek Hill, yeah. Um, Hill three, uh, still have Debo Samuel, oh, uh, yeah, uh, as, as my wide receiver four. Uh, and that's a lot of it has to do with he gets a little extra bump because he has he's getting about six percent of the carries of the backfield carries, yeah. Uh, and I do have Jimmy Garoppolo projected to, to start over Lance, um, because it's just he, Lance didn't practice and and Jimmy did. So I think Jimmy may be back, which obviously helps Samuel as well. Yeah. And then I have DJ Moore fifth, but Moore might be the guy flop flop for Hopkins because I got to kind of – I might have to tinker down with the uh, the Panthers' run-pass ratio, as you mentioned. I saw that too, that uh, Matt Rule wants to run the football more. That's not great news for DJ Moore. I mean, he's still going to be their alpha, their alpha dog no matter what, but uh, it might be enough for Hopkins to jump him here though I am concerned about the game script for Hopkins a little more than a guy like Kyler just because they've been spreading the ball around so much but yeah Hopkins is my number six um, nice and, uh, where do you have Debo I'm just curious just because like, he's, he's the guy that say, surprised I, me I was gonna say it obviously I didn't look at the outline this week my bad but um I wanted to be surprised with your top five and I was so excited I had Debo Samuel number six and I was gonna okay. see where you have him of course you got him in the top five <laughs> um, I wanted to have another like uh, you know, that's your version of Jamar Chase last yeah. week. I was so jealous you had him in the top five. That sounded fun, but I thought it was going to be cool by having Debo higher than you, but nope, uh, you beat me by having him wide receiver four. But yeah, I, I'm high on his, I'm high on him as well. And it's because Jimmy G's back. So 
I'm with you there. Yeah. And Chase, actually, he's he's like fallen to 15 for me right now. Well, um, I have him 14. Yeah. yeah so he's, <laughs> uh, you know, that Baltimore defense, I guess, is is uh, is knocking him down a little. But that seems well. I might might have to knock him up. But I mean, either I, way, you're starting him. I have. I We're going to save this for the prop, but I just want to put out there. I have all three Buccaneers receivers over Jamar Chase this week inside my top 13. Same there. Yeah. I think eight. Okay, I have like okay, Evans I eight. Wanna, yeah. Okay. Okay. okay I don't want to okay. know. What, yeah. But that's, that's obviously my prop is how, how are you ranking those three right now? It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. This is, uh, I'm looking at mine right now and uh, <laughs> I, I see why that, that we're going to go there. Uh, so yeah. let's talk uh, DFS cheat codes uh, guys. You like in DFS, great values, contrarian plays, or just guys you're higher on than, than consensus in, in rankings. We got. Um, so like I said earlier, I think this is the week to spend up at wide receiver. So I think just going with, you know, Adams cup Hill um, certainly makes sense, but I, I like DJ Moore at 7,100. Um, you know, you can get him a discount after pretty disappointing games. I mean, five catches with 42 yards, no touchdowns, and then five catches for 73 yards, no touchdowns. We've come to expect a lot more from DJ Moore. So um, certainly I think he can go off this week. I think Terrence Marshall might be out. So even if, you know, the, the Panthers do run more, they're still going to lean on DJ Moore, uh, especially since, you know, these, these targets going to Robbie Anderson aren't converting to anything of, of much value. So, you know, I think it could be a massive game for DJ Moore here um, at 7,100. Um, some of the cheaper guys I like are Jacoby Myers at 5,300. He's a high floor play. So maybe for cash games, um, still has yet to score a touchdown. Um, I felt bad for him. You know, he scored a touchdown last week. And of course they got called back. So, um, you know, he might be worth a GPP flyer in case he does score his first touchdown ever. But I think that, you know, the Pats are going to have a pretty conservative game plan of just running, uh, you know, Damian Harrison on the ground and peppering jo- Jacoby Myers with target. So again, I think this is more of a cash game play, but love him at that price tag. And then Miko Hardman at 4,300 against the Titans. Um, you know, he's pretty cheap just given his massive upside. So certainly I think for GPPs, He's worth the flyer. Um, you know, we haven't really seen his role reduce at all since Josh Gordon um, started to be uh, playing here. But, you know, that that could change any given week. But I still like Hardman. He's he's averaged 70 percent routes run these two past weeks and put up pretty big games. You know, Tennessee suffered a ton of injuries um, this week. You know, Chris Jackson and Caleb Farley went down. So, you know, Hardman might be a way to kind of test their cornerback depth. Um, so I like him for a potential uh, one or two long touchdowns this week. Uh, can never go wrong with Hardman. Um, and then Rashad Bateman at near min price, 3,400. He is way too cheap. I think he's going to be pretty popular if Sammy Watkins is ruled out again this week. Um, you know, the rookie ran around 67% of the time last week. And it was a game where, you know, Lamar Jackson didn't have to throw much. So, you know, he only finished with four catches, 29 yards. So I think if, if Lamar bounces back this week, which I think he should, Bateman, uh, is, a, is a pretty good stacking partner uh, with uh, Lamar Jackson this week. So love him at 3,400. Yeah, Bateman is interesting. I, I mean, he ran a route, yeah, two-thirds at a time. So it's really going to depend on uh, on Watkins. I think if Bateman's route run probably only goes up if Watkins is out. If he if he's back, then it kind of – it's going to be a little more – it's going to be dicier, I guess, to see yeah, where it all I mean, what, his owner – his roster ship is going to be through the roof if Watkins is out, right? Am I – crazy for thinking that I don't, I don't know i don't know I mean, he didn't have a great game so maybe yeah. would, i think if he had a great game like a Kadarius tony had like you know seven catches that first time he was really featured i think it would be high i think it'll be in check like i don't gotcha. it, it might just be too early in the week but because there's so many cheap running backs i don't think you're going to need a cheap receiver 
Um, so I don't, I, I actually don't think his roster ship will be out of control. I, I don't Got know. It. Okay. Then I, I won't get cute and fade him because I think he's going to pop yeah. popular then. And I that, that would fine. be a way to like, like we said, you know, I think this week take cheap running backs, spend up at receiver. He might be a way to go cheap at receiver and like get a Derrick Henry or something like that. Like just kind of uh, a way to build a different lineup than everybody else. So, um, but either way, love Bateman at the price tag this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with, well, yeah, I, I agree with what you said about kind of paying up. I mean, this is a Tyreek Hill smash spot, you know, in addition to Hardman. Yeah. I mean, like you said, Tennessee's cornerback group is just in shambles. <laughs> They're giving up the uh, six most schedule adjusted receiving yards per game to number one wide receivers. And that, that number is probably only going up with Tyreek Hill on the, on the menu this week. So uh, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a, and Travis Kelsey got banged up last week as well in that uh again for the second straight game yeah i thought he right. was gonna get pulled look bad but yeah he stayed in there yeah so this is uh i think this is a tyreek hill spot for uh for kc Devonte adams should have a bounce back as well so adams cup hill those guys yeah love those guys but some of the guys a little bit cheaper kind of in that mid-range robert woods i think um you know cooper cup is obviously in our top three but robert woods he could easily have that monster game uh, this week against the the Lions, I expect a couple of Rams pass catches to go off. Um, so Robert Woods is definitely in that discussion. A.J. Brown, uh, Julio Jones looks like the more banged up of the two. Uh, A.J. Brown came on big late in the game mm-hmm. uh, against Buffalo. I think it was, what, seven, eight catches in the second half in that yeah, game? seemed like it, yeah. yeah. And now you have the, the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are kind of a similar – it sets up as a similar game script for – for uh, AJ Brown, you know, it's going to be, you're going to need to put up some points. Derek Henry's probably going to get his, but you're only going to be able to kind of get away with uh, not throwing the ball for so long against the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, they're, they're 24th in DVOA against number one receivers, AJ Brown's price. He probably would have been priced up a tiny bit uh, if, if he was priced before the Monday night game. And then Jamar chase, you know, he's still only 6,200 on DraftKings. So, I mean, we're going to continue to play this guy until he gives us a reason not to, because (laughs) it's been 13 or more PPR points in every single game uh, on DraftKings so far this season. Uh, His low has been 54 yards receiving, and he's never had a game with fewer than 77 yards or a touchdown. So, you know, his lowest uh, scoring output was 77 yards, uh, but he had nine catches, uh, six catches in that game. And then he had the same four catches, 97 yards last week, 54 yards was his yardage low, but he got a touchdown in that game. So, you know, he's been one way or another, he's found a way to put up points. It, I think there's a low probability that he doesn't get into the end zone or mm-hmm. catch a bunch of deep passes. So uh, love Jamar Chase, Brandon Cooks. I think uh, he's got to be on the radar. Anytime you're looking at an explosive offense on the other side, like the Cardinals, so, uh, you know, he's down at 6K. He's been dominating the, the target share in Houston. Outside of him, I mean, it's it's rookie like Nico Collins. It's a, you know, career special teamer like Chris Moore. It's a career just like wind sprinter Chris Conley. So Brandon Cook should see 30-plus percent of those targets uh, in a game where they could need to put up, I mean, 40, 50 points if they ha- want to even have a chance. They won't, but <laughs> right, <laughs> great for Cooks. Uh, yeah. Chris Godwin, I know a guy we'll talk about in a sec. But he's down to 5,900 on DraftKings. Uh, the Bears, generally, when you look at their secondary, you say, okay, the weakness in the slot more so. You know, Duke Shelley 
is their slot corner. I know they're not, it's not going to be straight man to man coverage, but uh, Godwin's a guy I think could have a bounce back here. Uh, and you want to take advantage of the price. And on the other side, Darnell Mooney, uh, he's still running about uh, on the season, more routes per drop back than Allen Robinson. He's at 94% mm-hmm. Robinson's at 90 and this could be a career day for Justin Fields. And they're going to set up those deep shots down the field, max protect and let Mooney run around. And remember he can get, he gets separation against those, those quality secondaries. It's just a matter of getting in the ball with the bucks, mm-hmm. bang up secondary with the bucks, not getting pressure. Uh, and having to send extra rushers just to not get pressure, uh, and the Bears max protecting, uh, this sets up as a game where Mooney could clear 100 yards again. So uh, love Mooney uh, down in that cheap uh, pricing tier. Love it. And I, I just want to follow up when it comes to Ram stacks, because I know you're going to be pretty heavy on Matthew Stafford. You mentioned Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Those are obvious stacking partners. But like when it comes to Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson, you're you're obviously sprinkling those two in as well, right? Oh yeah. Those, I yeah. love, I love, this is, this is Both a good Deshaun week. This is a good Deshaun week. The Detroit lions are wait for it. Dead last in DVOA. Yep. Give me a passes. chance to guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dead, wait for it. And so it's, this is one of those things where it's like, it's like model breaking because the Rams have been one of the best deep ball throwing yep. teams in the league. And you're facing the defense. That's 32nd. Like how much worse can the, like, can they be 33rd to start next week? Like it's going to be possible. Yeah. I, the Houston roughnecks jump up to 32nd. <laughs> right. But yeah. Like the, I think Deshaun Jackson makes sense for the Sean McVay revenge game and saying like, see Jared Goff, I couldn't do this when you were here. Oh kind of yeah. Thing. So I think Deshaun Jackson is part of the, the Sean McVay revenge game stack for me. Um, and like I, I, I always say, Van Jefferson just sitting there at 70% routes run. He's going to have some big games in the future. So he's another guy you could sprinkle in as well, along with Tyler Higby. I just think just mixing and matching Rams pass catchers with Matthew Stafford is probably the way to go this week. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to get those two mixed in as well here. Love them. And what you could do if you're playing those guys, uh, you know, those could be lineups where you pivot away from Cooper Cup, who, despite the fact that we love him, Adams and Hill faced the top, the bottom two worst defenses in terms of fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So, you know, you have guys that you can also play instead of Cooper cup in that price range and still play a Matthew Stafford stack or still play Rams receivers. And uh, it could be contrarian without being, you know, really yeah. losing any type of value there. So and uh, like that. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to make a, Ultra contrarian Rams stack of Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle with the Rams defense. That. <laughs> yeah. Just in case, just one lineup like that. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> it's uh, the Rams defense could score a couple of touchdowns here. I mean, yeah. Jared Goff got called out in the media too by Dan Campbell. So he might be taking a little more risks than he usually does because he's known as a guy who doesn't get the ball down the field. He might hold on to the ball trying to make something happen. So this is a, that, this, that's okay, a that, That's a great point. And just real quick. Uh, who are you going to send it back with then on the Lions side? Uh, I mean, it's, does that mean Khalif Raymond? Potentially, I, I, he's throwing deep. I, I need to check who the deep target is now. But TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I still like St. Brown, but uh, Detroit. Oh, I mean, they, they, it's really going to be the backs and the tight ends, right? Swift. Like we're not, we're yeah. not really expecting them to, to like even if the wide receivers are getting like because Raymond did jump to 95% routes run that's what I'm week, saying yeah but it's still Khalif Raymond so very true very yeah. true I think I'd still wean Hawkinson because we didn't mention Tyra Higby 
Uh, and the <laughs> the uh, Lions are also 32nd in DVOA against tight ends because they're just bad against everything and everyone. Really, but, they are. Yeah, oh. they they they, just, they dropped <laughs> to 32 somehow. I don't know. I I guess I guess that Tyler Conklin three for 71. No stat. No, what was it? No, who was it last week? Who did they play? Where? Oh, you Soma got a touchdown. That's what it was. You Soma got a touchdown. Where are they going to get their first win? Are they going to get a win? I I. Geez. I'm looking at their schedule. I don't know where you would take it's them. It's going to be some trap game later in the year. Probably. Yeah. Let's see. Who do they got? Like, uh, like at Denver or something. Uh, no, I don't really see any easy spots. Uh, coming out of the bye in Pittsburgh. Don't get it. Don't get it. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Have you seen Pittsburgh no. play? Yes, I have. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and this is still Pittsburgh. Like this, we're still guess, three weeks away. Pittsburgh could be like Ben Roethlisberger could have thrown out his arm by then. I guess that that would be the spot, wouldn't it? Yeah. That, that, come on. Oh, that's how all these teams. It's never the game you expect. It's usually like just you know some team they'll take for granted. Like you know Pittsburgh does. They'll be like, oh, you know, this is an easy one, and it just be one of those like disastrous Pittsburgh is favored by like eight points type of situation. Uh, <laughs> hey, go uh, figure. The Lions will have first pick in a year where it doesn't look like there's a top quarterback. So go figure. Yeah, looks like we're gonna be stuck with Jared Goff for a while. Yeah, I mean, when you when you get, when you want to trade Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff, you got to do it. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to the prop for wide receiver. All right, so this is the moment we've been waiting for. So half PPR scoring. Who is gonna score more points this week? Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, or Mike Evans? <sighs> I am going to go with Mike Evans. Uh, I have him ninth. I have Godwin 11th and I have Brown 12th. Uh, Mike Evans, you know. Wait, so you have all three in your top 12? Yep. Has that ever happened before? No way. I don't think so. And I I don't feel great about it because the Bears aren't like a terrible defense. So it's not, you know, it's not one of those situations where it's like, oh, they're all going to go off against the Bears. But it's just Tom Brady's been so good. Uh, you know, he doesn't run the ball. So he's getting, he's maximizing yeah. the dropbacks and these receivers are maximized, you know, without Gronk in there, it's just, everything's kind of maximized for these bucks receivers. So, but I'll go Evans cause he's got the highest touchdown upside. Uh, and uh, that's kind of what it's been for most of the year. Evans can get his like two touchdowns, even if he only gets like 40 yards. So I'll uh, go Evans. What about you? That, I think that makes sense. If, if you're making a real bet here out of the three, it's gotta be Evans just given his ceiling. Um, but like it, it's hard to say who has a higher floor now, Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown. I mean, Antonio Brown looks like he's back in his prime at like 26 years old on the Steelers now. It's insane, and he's still not seeing more than you know 70 percent routes run. So I just I, I think if either like Chris Godwin or Mike Evans were to miss any time, would he be like in your top five? Like I'm just trying to think with his usage going up. Like he's that good right now. So I'm going with Antonio Brown here. Yeah, I could. I think he probably would be top five because he's running around, yeah, like 70% uh, of routes right now. So you bumped it up to 90% with Tom Brady. uh, And And Tyler Johnson playing 70%, maybe like Jalen Darden. Like he he would just get way more targets for sure. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) No, I like it. I like it. I do. I, I, for this game, I think I'm still going to, I would still go Godwin over Brown though. Uh, And that's because I'm looking at, Chicago and kind of where they defend the field the best and, and the worst. They're they're number four in DVOA to the throws on the left side of the field. They're 26th mm-hmm. over the middle, and then they're 20 thir- 22nd to the right side. Now, Antonio Brown tends to see uh the majority of his targets like 
24 of his 42 targets have been to the left side. So that's the, that's where Chicago has been top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Godwin has seen like the most targets over the middle. So I think him, but then Mike Evans to the right side has been the guy. So, I mean, unless they, and then they will move around, but just based on kind of where they've been seeing their targets thus far, uh, I still think, I still think it's uh it could be a Godwin week if it's not, if it's not Mike Evans. So uh, we can, we can go head to head there. Yeah. Love it. I mean, can't go wrong with any of these guys right now, honestly, but yeah, I just, for the record, I think this is the first time ever I've seen three receivers on the same team, like in wide receiver one territory. It's just absolutely insane. All right. Let's go to tight end. Who you got for your top five uh, at tight end in week seven. So I got Travis Kelsey, no surprise there. Darren Waller. Uh, maybe that's a surprise that he's still my tight end too. Uh, Mark Andrews, number three, then Kyle Pitts and then Dallas Goddard. Finally. <laughs> Inside my top five. I've been oh, waiting no. for years to do this. Just give me this moment. No. Uh, he might end up he might end up being like tight end six or seven, but right now he is my tight end five, baby. That's so disgusting. Yeah, I mean, just Dallas Goddard. I mean, he's he he might what if he's what is discussing? What's COVID? discussing about he might Dallas be COVID? Goddard. Like, remember Cam Newton came back from COVID and he couldn't score? Like this, I, I'm that's scary. Dallas Goddard, like he well, <laughs> yeah, like we we need to see, you know, he's healthy and he comes back, but just without Zach Ertz. And I will say just like last week, um, you know, Jack Stoll <laughs> and Noah Togiai or whoever didn't fit factor in at all. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Dallas Goddard's going to see 90% routes run in this offense, like uh, sign me up. And it's, it's a thin week at tight end anyway. So that's, I, I mean, don't give me crap. There's not much to choose from, but uh, is, he is just what barely my top. If I didn't give you crap, it's barely, he's barely inside the top five, but I still, you know, I have TJ Hawkinson and yeah. Higby and Jacecki breathing down his back. So anything can happen uh, before Sunday. No, I like it. Dallas Guard's been your guy for a minute, and this is the time. This is like, finally. You've been, you've been waiting for this for. I've been waiting for years, really. Right? Years. Remember, yeah. like Derrick Henry. Uh, I think when we first started doing these pods, Derrick Henry was like Demarco Murray's backup, or no, Dion Lewis. They signed Dion Lewis. I was mm-hmm. so pissed about that. So just give me this moment. This is two years in the making for Dallas Goddard to be unleashed. So he's my tight end five, damn it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not there yet. I do have him in the top 10, but uh, good. You know, good. <laughs> yeah, just, just, I mean, but the, no, the COVID thing I think is a real concern. He's also yeah, been yeah. one of the lower targeted uh, in terms of percentage wise, you know, man versus zone and Raiders play a ton of zone. So Devonta Smith has kind of been that guy. So um, I just, I mean, he's my tight end eight. So it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm right there. It's just, they're probably uh, all within like 0.3 points, right? right? It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty tight outside of the top uh, three or four. Yeah, I would say outside of the top three, it's pretty much like a six-way tie. I think Kyle Pitts the benefit of the doubt after after the big game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got Kelsey Waller, Andrews, Pitts. Uh, still got TJ Hawkinson fifth. Um, again, it's, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, a matchup where they're going to be 15 and a half point underdogs. Yeah. Uh, I just think he'll get he'll get enough looks uh, to – to, to still be in that top five. I'm not bailing on him just yet. No, and I mean, we were kind of questioning um, him last week, but he bounced back, right? He had like 10 catches or uh, 10 targets. Yeah, he had, he had 74, catches, yards. 74 yeah. yards. So he's back, yeah. So I'll probably I'll probably be there uh, once I actually like go through and do all my projections. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, right now, Goddard's number five by a hair. All right. Who do you like? Uh, <laughs> who do you like for your DFS cheat codes? Obviously. Uh, just throw this out there. Dallas Goddard, uh, 4,600. Um, not much to say there. I already said all I need to say about Dallas Goddard. Um, obviously we want to make sure he's back, 
uh, after COVID and healthy, but uh, I, I think he'll be ready to go and ready to step up finally without Zach Ertz. And then our boy, Ricky Seals-Jones, I mean, come on, he's 3,700 still. So, I mean, he's uh, just a free square, it seems like right now. Uh, last week, he had over 90% routes run, so keep plugging him in um, until he gets over 4K. He's worth every penny. Um, and then just going way down the list right now, Cole Komet at 3K. Um, I, I haven't really been a big Cole Komet guy ever. Um, so this is this is uh, newsworthy, but I, I think he's worth, you know, dart throw at Tampa Bay. We're, we're high on Justin Fields this week. So he's he's been running a healthy routes run rate over 70 uh, percent pretty much all season here. So if Justin Fields has a good game, Cole Komet might catch a touchdown and a handful of passes. So sign me up at uh, 3K on a few teams this week. Is Cole Komet just like Adam Troutman? Like just, I wouldn't go just, that far. It just seems I mean, like we like there I hasn't mean, been passing yards to go around. Like what? Like just there hasn't, hasn't been, been Cole any Komet production to go around. His career high is forty nine yards. And he's yeah. Like, no, that's I've never been a Cole Komet guy. Yeah. So the, yeah. this is the one time you'll ever hear me okay. mention him. Just like remember David Montgomery. I think you and I like yeah we were way down to do with him for that rookie just year. Yeah. For a couple, and then you know. Uh, last year we were on him, but uh, same thing with Cole Komet. Never been a big Cole Komet guy. If there were ever a time to take Cole Komet, it's this week, though. Calling it yeah. now. I, 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 I just got a, a thin week like this. Come on, man. I do agree, <laughs> but I don't agree because I mean, I'm just not going there. So I well, we know that. Jimmy Graham's not really stealing much work anymore. So we have that going for us. Actually, the last two weeks in this new Bill Wazer offense, Jimmy Graham has run a season high 38% of routes. How many targets? Back. Uh, none, I believe, but Cole okay. Komet's also <laughs> 63 and 70%. That's two of his three lowest for the season. So and, yeah. and this is, this is, it's, it's, it's frustrating. Um, you know, I know a lot of people were higher on Cole Komet. I just haven't seen anything to, to really prove it, but I do agree. I think just based on the fact that Justin Fields could have a career day, that's more where I'm looking. Um, I, I, I still like, I think it would be Mooney and Robinson. Oh, I'm, but, yeah, yeah. hundred percent behind you on Mooney. Like he's the better play. Uh, but this is just kind of like a contrarian way to invest in Justin Fields this week for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to mention Seals Jones. Uh, that, that's really the cheat code for me in terms <laughs> of just the price. Green Bay is 26th in DVOA uh, on targets to the tight end position. So uh, I think with Seals Jones, uh, I always talk about this, with tight ends outside of that elite tier, if you're looking for value, you just got to kind of go by the routes because – you just need guys who are going to be on the field. Most tight ends block at least 15, 20% of the time. So if they can hit like 80% plus routes run uh, per drop back, you're doing, you're putting yourself in position for like an elite game. Ricky Seals Jones, 82% routes per drop back, taking over for Logan Thomas three weeks ago, 88% two weeks ago, 92% last week. So he's been, uh, hasn't been pass blocking. Just straight up, every time they're they're uh, dropping back, essentially, he is running around. And we saw him benefit from a busted coverage last week against Kansas City. Uh, and that's what happens when you have all these routes. You know, you get those you get those opportunities. So uh, love Seals Jones. I think he's the guy. I think, I mean, with those amount of routes, I mean, would you say that he's in that price tag, he's cash game viable at this point? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't take much um, right. at that price, but <laughs> he has the routes. He's getting targets. He's always been pretty talented. I always thought like, you know, he was underutilized, but 
he's playing, you know, just massive playing time. So that does give him a high floor that you want for cash games and then spend up elsewhere. But I had a real quick question for you. It's mm-hmm. when Logan Thomas does return, like, how do you think they're going to sort this out? Like, because both of them kind of, you know, thrive on the playing time, but if it becomes sort of a 50, 50 timeshare, neither are going to be playable. Right. I mean, they're going to cap each other's uh, outside. Yeah. I, I think Logan Thomas would just get his you role think back. Yeah, he'll go he, right back to eighty percent. Yeah, he's very good. Um, they love yeah. it, and they like they like they actually like Thomas as like a blocker, like a complete football player. Okay. So, um, I mean, I, granted, we don't know health permitting. You know, if, if health is an issue and they want to cap his snaps for health reasons, sure. Yeah. But if it's just like they're both a hundred percent. Remember, if Seals Jones would get like one route, like when when Thomas was healthy, yeah. and and we've seen Seals Jones have big games before. Remember with the Cardinals and stuff like that. So it's not like he was a secret and he's just now coming into his own. I think they knew what they had with him. So if, I would still expect Thomas to get his. Yeah, like if somebody's stashing Logan Thomas on their bench and Hunter Henry is available, would you recommend they just stand pat on Logan Thomas? Like that's where um, I'm going with this. Hmm. Is like what's? Yeah, probably. Um, I would probably no. I'd probably just. Like whatever, whatever I needed to get through the, the weeks, like yeah, you know, okay, <laughs> right? Because we don't, we still don't know when Logan Thomas is coming back exactly. Like, yeah, what was it? A hamstring? What was it? What kind of injury was it? Oh, I, I forget. It was a hamstring. It's yeah, a, it's a hamstring. So those could linger. Um, yeah. you know, week eight I think is the earliest he can come back, but we don't know exactly. You know, is he going to be ready by then? So it's just just do what you need to do at tight end. You could drop Logan Thomas, and I don't know if people will pick him up. He's also on IR. A lot of weeks have IR slots nowadays, mm-hmm. so. Um, you probably just stash him either way, but yeah, I would, I would just do what I needed to do to win the week and not worry about it. Um, Cause he's still going to be like, he's still going to be like kind of like tight end eight, nine, 10, 11 in that, like the same range of seals Jones really uh, yeah. in terms of yeah. ranking. So. All right. That, that makes sense. sense. I just thought yeah. maybe seals Jones earn uh, a big enough role when he comes back, but I, I can get that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you could be right. I just, I, I, they, I know they like Thomas is I guess what, yeah. that's the one thing I know. Um, all right. Oh, one other guy I wanted to mention, kind of touched on it, but Tyra Higby, the Lions are 32nd, dead last in DBOA against the tight end position. They'll play some, you know, some two deep safety. And we know Tyra Higby, they love those games with the two deep safeties for Tyra Higby. Uh, That's where he can do some work. So I think this is a spot. He's still running around at 80% of dropbacks, which is also very good, very, very good for tight ends. Uh, And he's cheaper even he's even cheaper than your boy Dallas Goddard uh, this week. So, um, you know, like him uh, in that spot as well. So uh, Higby and Seals Jones, two guys that uh, you can, you can make a case that you can play them in cash games uh, this week, just given their price tag, given the matchup and given the fact that there's like a lot of variance at tight end. So uh, yeah. when you can pay down, usually want to take that opportunity uh, to do so. And, and Andrews, I think he jumped at one K on DraftKings. Uh, from last week or, or 800, 800 to one K from, from a week ago. So yeah, he was 5,200. So eight, $800. So that's, that's getting dicey, even though I like Andrews a lot this week too. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the prop. Who you got for tight end? Uh, so this is a, a prop that's up on prize picks right now, but wanted to talk about Darren Waller real quick. So over under 59 and a half receiving yards. Uh, he hasn't gone over this in four games now. Uh, so are you are you buying or selling on Darren Waller? I am going over. Uh, I've been I still have him in the mid sixties. Um, I'm not going to overreact to a few games. He's still getting generally the usage that we want. I mean, he's on the field running around about ninety percent of the time. He's had no fewer than four catches in any game 
uh, still no fewer than 45 yards in any game. So when you see a high floor like that in catches and yards, uh, I think you can usually you can kind of write off some of the variants where he's kind of just staying a little bit below his normal outcome to what we expect. I think he just started, he spoiled us to start the year with those that yeah. catch <laughs> 105 yard game, but this is still a guy who's been extremely consistent. Uh, you know, Philadelphia is going to play a lot of quarters coverage, you know, four safeties deep. I think, you know, th- they'll probably want to get the ball to Waller um, and, and, and those kind of coverages. And he can, he can find an open spot kind of in that middle level, um, not necessarily super underneath, but kind of intermediate range of the field. So yeah, I'll, I'll go over. What about you? Uh, so my raw projections have it at 60. So, you know, my median for him would be around like 54, 55. So I'll lean under here and it's, it's nothing really against him. It's just, you know, a guy like, um, you know, Hunter Renfro stepping up this year is taking away some targets from him. Um, certainly, you know, like Henry Ruggs uh, breaking out this year hurts his value a bit because, you know, whenever Henry Ruggs catches the ball downfield, you know, that takes away, yeah. um, you know, a methodical driver they would have given Waller a couple targets or even just Ruggs going down the field and drawing a deep pass interference call. Like things like that can eat into Waller's target share or just his yardage total. So I'm, I'm going to lean under here as well. But like you said, he has such a high floor. It's always risky, <laughs> you know, taking the under. But uh, I think we'll have to go that way here. Yeah, I actually like uh, – uh, excuse me, let me say it again. Three, two, one. I actually like Waller-Renfro in this matchup because I, I do – I was thinking about exactly what you said with mm-hmm. Ruggs kind of taking those deep shots. And, and Brian Edwards even has done it as well. Yeah. So yep. – Remember, Philly is almost exclusively zoned. They play that Brandon Staley, like quarters coverage. Uh, they rarely play man-to-man coverage. So if you look at the Raiders versus man coverage, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, their yardage leader, Henry Ruggs, 279. Brian Edwards, 253. Then Waller, 192. Renfro, 115. But against zone coverage, Waller and Renfro are now the top two with just over 160 yards. And Ruggs, uh, Ruggs' production is almost cut in half. Edwards' production, you know, Edwards only has 38 yards versus zone coverage, whereas Edwards has 253 <laughs> versus man coverage. So, yeah. like, this is the kind of game where you're not seeing those those deep shots. You're seeing that kind of like uh, methodical move it up the field, get a first down, get three more downs, get it. You know what I mean? So I think this is a good reception game. So maybe if you, even if you, you don't like the uh, the yards, this might be a game where Waller oh, gets like yeah. seven, eight catches. Same yeah. thing for Renfro. Um, I think this is a game because we think of Renfro as a guy who can beat man coverage, but really it's, he's still that kind of slot receiver that can, um, you know, he kind of finds a spot in the zones. He's that stick China route is it can work against man coverage, but generally, yeah. it's going to be these two guys uh, against the zones. And Philly is just such a zone heavy team, so I always kind of look out uh, for it for it's, for that on, on this kind of uh, matchup. Yeah, that's a good point. And that was, uh, if you remember, the the infamous Dalton Schultz eruption game. <laughs> it was yeah, on the yeah, under. Yeah. It was against the Eagles. OJ Howard had a great game mm-hmm. last week. Six catches. Um, Ian Thomas had four catches for four yeah. yards. So if you, if you convert that to Darren Waller's stats, that's like uh, 20 catches for 150. Anytime Ian Thomas can put up four catches against anybody, I pay attention. So, yeah, I I, I could see based on the matchup, maybe I should uh, jack up Waller's stats a bit. Yeah, it's always tough, you know, with, you know, trying to use these like granular stats to, yeah. to make projections. But I think when you're kind of weaning one way or another, because you said you had it right on 60. So, like, if that changed the way you were looking at the prop, I think it's worse like looking into it. Actually, uh, they, they held uh, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey in check. Those are two pretty good tight ends. Yeah. So 
Um, it, it's always tough projecting tight ends anyways, but yeah, Darren Waller, I, I'm probably staying away from this prop. All right. Uh, now comes the portion of the show where we build uh, a main slate lineup. We'll take turns uh, throwing in players and uh, hopefully they're not ruled out before game time, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do a DraftKings and a FanDuel because I know a lot of you guys uh, play FanDuel as well. So we'll, we'll do one of each. Uh, let's start with DraftKings though, as we usually do. And uh, I'll give you first pick. Uh, All right. Time, well, <laughs> I, I will start what you want to do and I'm down with it. Um, let's, let's start building this. Um, Ram stack. So I'm going Matthew Stafford at QB. All right. Matthew Stafford, 7,100 on DraftKings. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go, we're going to play the matchups here. I, I've, I've been kind of trying to figure out, you know, who's going to blow up against what kind of schemes. Uh, this seems like a good game for Tyra Higby, uh, who's been a little bit quiet. And I know everyone's going to want some of these other Rams receivers. So, uh, Let's go with the contrarian Ram stack like we talked about, and I'll throw in Tyra Higby at 4,500 at tight end. Sorry, no Dallas Goddard in this one, but Love it. He'll, he'll be highly owned. So, so you – Highly rostered, highly rostered. Oh, yeah, I showed up there so you can um, – So, all right, that was an interesting curveball um, because <laughs> I thought I was going to use TJ Hawkinson as the send-it-back player here, but I'm going to go with the guy I mentioned earlier in the show, and that's DeAndre Swift. Okay. And I think that – we kind of need it to be a close enough game where he's involved late in the fourth quarter. So I do like having him as the line we send it back with. I already mentioned, you know, Jared Goff loves to dump it off to him when they're trailing by seven or more. So I think he's he's the guy that I want to send it back with in this uh, Rams line stack. All right. Uh, let's go to wide receiver here. Uh, and a guy that just given the game script, another one of these huge spreads, uh, I think could come up with a massive game. and. He's he's two hundred dollars cheaper than Jamar Chase, so maybe he doesn't get quite as much ownership, uh, and he's one hundred more expensive than Godwin. So, and that's Brandon Cooks. So let's go Brandon Cooks and hope he gets a little bit overlooked this week, just because he's on such a bad team uh, at six k. Love it. Uh, let's see. So we have how are we doing on money? We got, I feel like we got Stafford, Swift, Cooks, and Higby. We have twenty six point four k, an average of fifty two eighty per player and we need a running back two wide outs a flex and a defense and the way we'll do this is whoever goes first will get the flex so uh i would say leave the flex and that'll be your call with the last pick of, of this of got this. it got it yeah um let's go with um darnell mooney here Ooh, i like it because i i've been i mean i've been banging the table for him for weeks now and uh, we obviously can't take Justin Fields in this lineup. He's the guy that we're kind of banking on Justin Fields to have a career game um, and go off here. So love, love Mooney at 4,600. Yeah. So we, we still have some flexibility uh, with the rest of the lineup here. 54-50 average between a running back wide receiver flex uh, and defense. So let's, let's get this defense out of the way. So that uh, we <laughs> Thank know you for kind doing, of, having yeah. the this week. Yeah. I usually start with defense just, just so I know how much I kind of have. Yeah. Uh, leftover. Uh, so at defense this week, I will go with. Cardinals ooh, are going to be the, the highest chalk, roster right? for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. The Cardinals will be the chalk. Oh, we got the Patriots sitting there at 3,400 against the Jets. Yeah. Who are dead last in fantasy points allowed to opposing defenses. They've already gotten shut out. 
Uh, so let's go with the Patriots. If there's there's a chance we get a shutout with the Cardinals, if it's not the Cardinals, I think the Patriots <laughs> give us the best shot probably. Uh, so let's yeah, let's go Patriots 3,400. That leaves us an average of 61.33 for a running back, a wide receiver, and a flex. Yeah, I was probably going to go there with the Pats. They're 300 more than the Cardinals, so hopefully that lowers their their roster ship percentage yep. a, a bit here. Um, so let's see. Uh, man, this is tough. There's so many running backs in this range I do like, but let's go with Daryl Williams here, um, a, a way to kind of invest in the Chiefs. I don't, I don't know if you want to go Tyree Kill or anything like that, but I think – Take Daryl Williams here, uh, kind of hope for another repeat performance, but uh, I liked what I saw last week, and I think uh, he's he's worth it at this price. So like stat- I said last week, he he has he he has two touchdown potential. We saw that last week, so um, kind of like sticking with him here. Yep. So we have Stafford, Swift, Williams, Cooks, Mooney, uh, Higby, Patriots, uh, and we have sixty three hundred average left over. You know what? Since you went Williams, I'll go with a player that's exactly 6,300, and that's A.J. Brown. Uh, so we could get some correlation here with the uh, positive game script for Williams. Nice. The Titans could be throwing. We're fading uh, We're fading Derrick Henry in this lineup because we don't have enough money. So let's go A.J. Brown at 6,300. Yeah, we're kind of fading. It's kind of scary to say this, but we're kind of fading Henry, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. But you got you got to do what you got to do in these big, big GPPs. So. Yep. Uh, love the AJ Brown call. He did look really good um, last week. So uh, let's see. So 6,300 for a flex. Yeah. Oh man. Robert Woods, a hundred dollars too much. Um, your boy Antonio is there. You I got mean, Cordell our boy Patterson, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase Josh Jacobs, a very, uh, Chuba Hubbard is there as well. Uh, Mark Andrews, Godwin, that Kyle Pitts. That's those are the guys we're kind of choosing between. Uh, where you would oh, leave man, that's, know, between one and like five, 600 on the table. That's brutal. Um, I'm thinking Chuba Hubbard, just based on uh, okay. the projected game script, he could see a massive increase. Um, yeah, I, I do. Man, I was tempted to go Antonio Brown there or Jamar Chase, but who do you think has a higher ceiling this week? I think Jamar Chase. But no, actually, no, I'd say because I have Chuba as a top six running back and I have Chase, he's in wide receiver like 15. And so, yeah, Chuba, Chuba, he could get 20, 25 touches. Yeah, yeah. No, I, like he's probably more likely to get multiple touchdowns. Um, I mean, he's going to be touching the football way more. So, yeah, I think Hubbard has the higher ceiling. And yeah, I, I'm going to buy into this Matt Rule uh, coach speak a lot here and just go Chuba Hubbard. I like it. So we got Matthew yeah. Stafford. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say that gives us two hundred dollars left over. Yeah, always <laughs> want to have at least a hundred, but like like to have more than a yeah. hundred even. Uh, even so, like five hundred is yeah, fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we could have gone to like Jalen Waddle or something if we were really getting crazy. But um, Matthew Stafford, DeAndre Swift, Daryl Williams, Chuba Hubbard, and in the flex, Brandon Cooks, Darnell Mooney, AJ Brown at wide receiver, Tyra Higby at tight end, Patriots D, uh, two hundred left over. Uh, that's our DraftKings. Lineup. Let's go to FanDuel now, and uh, let's start it off. Uh, I, I'll, I can start this one. Cool. Let's see. So for our FanDuel lineup, uh, we're going to try not to do too much overlap just so we can kind of give you guys an idea of, you know, different contrarian or, you know, not super popular ways to build a lineup. So I'm going to go with a guy that is cheaper, uh, on FanDuel and does come up in our models as a, a 
a, a great FanDuel play, and that's Devontae Booker. He's 5,800 here on FanDuel. So let's lock him in at one of the running back spots. Where are you going? Um, so, you know, we were discussing all these three great Tampa Bay receivers, and we didn't even mention Tom Brady is the reason these three guys are so good right now. So I'm going to lock in Tom Brady at quarterback, and that gives us the potential of still sending it back with a, a Bears pass catcher, banking on Justin Fields to have a career game. Uh, but I, I'm locking in Tom Brady uh, at quarterback for us here. All right, Tom Brady at 8K. Yeah, he's too cheap on FanDuel, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's probably. Remember when I was saying like it's gonna we're gonna feel crazy when we like fade Tom Brady for like Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert and all those yeah. guys. Like I was like, yeah, I, I just saw, especially after you mentioned like the potential for that Peyton Manning like season. It's like it's it is playing out kind of like that this year. It's like Jesus, even in a he did like a so. Do you think his thumb injury impacted uh, his Week Six performance at all, or no? Either way, he should be a hundred percent by now. Yeah, I mean maybe a tiny bit. He's never gonna fully admit to it but yeah. uh he looked fine he had one that one bad series Agreed. um yeah and he had a, kind of like a mini bye week so i think he'll be ready to rock be ready to rock here uh all right for uh, our third pick let's go with you know what we don't often see this guy outside the top two in pricing so let's go darren waller uh I, i'm expecting oh, nice. him to get back back at it against this philly zone defense here so 6,800, I don't mind paying that uh, for Darren Waller with the 6K cap. So let's go Let's go Waller at tight end. Yeah, I love it. I mean, we're trying not to have overlap here, but Higby's probably the best value right now yeah. What I'm seeing. But we already took him on DK, so love going Waller here. Uh, certainly, the you know potential for a blow-up game is real, um, even if I don't like his median uh, projection this week. But, yeah, so we're going to have to stack some – Tampa receivers. This is where it gets pretty dicey, but I'm with you on um, Chris Godwin uh, having a potential bounce back this week. I, I think he's going to be overlooked now uh, and he's the cheapest of the three and I have him tied. So let's, let's go with Chris Godwin here. Maybe uh, we'll go with two Tampa receivers. We'll see, but uh, lock in and Chris Godwin at 6,700. So we have 65, 40 average for a running back, two wideouts, a flex and a defense. Uh I can get us on the board with defense again. I'm not going with the Cardinals here either. They're the highest priced defense, and the Patriots are third. So I, I do like the value for some of the defenses, uh, for those two defenses on DraftKings. On FanDuel, let's see. Let's go with the – we're going to go with the Ravens at 4,300. Because Joe Burrow, he's been playing well, but he's been taking some sacks. He's been throwing some picks. And I just think in this Baltimore game, mm. Cincinnati, they're going to have to take some chances at some point. Uh, so I like this Baltimore defense at home for the second week in a row. Oh, third week in a row, right? This is third straight home game, right, for Baltimore? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, third straight home Crazy. game for Baltimore. Uh, you know, they got Cincinnati coming in there, divisional game. Uh, so let's go Baltimore at 4,300. Because uh, there aren't a ton of options that I really like in the lower pricing tiers. Uh, so let's pay up for Baltimore. Wait, Baltimore plays on the road next game too. That has to be a record. Or they play at home. Yeah. Yeah. Because they play Indy in at row. home. Indy at home, Chargers at home. And Cincy. Yeah. So yeah. Either then way. a bye. Then a bye. And then at home again. So it'll be what five or six weeks since they went on the road. That has to be a record. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is a stretch. That's for them, insane. Right? I, I uh I thought Cleveland had a chance to like challenge for that division, but Baltimore's might run away yeah. with it at this point. So yeah. 
good, good, good. Shouts to Baltimore. I know Stucky will be happy about that one. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, where we go? We got uh, seventy one hundred left because it's Fanduel. So we always <laughs> we get to kind of pay up and have some fun here with, with some of these studs. Seventy one hundred uh, average left. Uh, running back, two receivers, flex. I'm about to go pure chaos approach here and jam in Derrick Henry at eleven k <laughs> because according to my, he should be worth like thirteen um, k. Just based on the drop-off, there's very little running backs on this slate that are competing with him, so he's likely to be the top-scoring running back. Obviously, he might be chalky. I don't know, but uh, I'm going to jam him in here and force us to go cheat the rest of the way. So okay. take that. So we, so we have an average of 5,800. Facing, facing the Chiefs. Right. So I, I, he could go guys. off. Yeah, he could go off here. Uh, so we're going to spend up for King Henry. So we have a... Uh, 5,800 averaged for two wide receivers and a flex. Uh, I'll do the flex. So uh, we each do a wide receiver. I'll go with the guy that's exactly 5,800 that will correlate to our tight end. Uh, and that's taking Devonte Smith uh, on the other side of that game. I think he's been there guys, 69% of his targets against zone coverage. I think he'll get some single coverage down the sideline uh, in that cover three scheme that Gus Bradley likes to run. And Smith has been on the field running a route pretty much every single snap. So uh, I'm expecting a, a bounce back from him here post hype after he kind of uh, disappointed against Tampa Bay. We thought he would have a good game there. Just two catches for 31 yards. Uh, I think he gets back at it this week against the Raiders. Like it. Um, all right. Yeah. hundred still, still 5,800. Uh, we need another wide receiver and then I'll finish it out with a flex. Let's see. Um, I'm definitely going to stick in that 5,800 range. So I'm, I'm debating between Robbie Anderson because this is a GPP. Um, you know, we, we love that upside or Mikko Harbin or the, the one player I think we're going to have overlap in both lineups, Darnell Mooney, uh, to send it back with this Tom Brady stack. Um, so I think I'm going to go with Mooney here. The, the, the lone guy that we're going to have um, in both lineups. Okay, I like that. Yeah, because this is a Tom Brady Part stack. The, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Godwin, and then we have you know we have correlation with Waller and Smith as well. Uh, so yeah, we have fifty seven hundred now, and I'll close it up with a flex here. So I'll just tell you guys who are our top options. We have Jacoby Myers, J.D. McKissick, Devontae Freeman, Henry Ruggs, Hunter Henry, uh, Gallaudet, Michael Carter. Miles Gaskin <laughs> should go Miles Gaskin here. Uh, usually I go running backs in cash games in the, in the, in tournaments, I'll switch and, it up though. I don't need to go with um, a running back here. So let's go with, let's go with our guy, Deshaun Jackson at 50. There we go. That there is no go. one's flexing Deshaun Jackson. We get, so we get to leave 300 on the table. Nice. We get a rant. We get some Rams exposure, but for the one guy that could like take away hundreds, like a hundred yards of production for everyone else in like one catch. Yeah. He just scores two long touchdowns yeah. to start and then it's over. So uh, yeah. So we got 300 left. We, and we, uh, we got our lineup, Tom Brady at 8k, Devonta Booker at 5,800, Derek Henry at 11k, Chris Godwin, 6,700, Devonta Smith, 5,800, Darnell Mooney, 5,900, Darren Waller at tight end at 6,800. Deshaun Jackson in the flex at 5,400. And the Baltimore Ravens at 43. So uh, that is our FanDuel lineup. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I feel good about the contrarian the contrarian aspects of both of those. Mm -hmm. So uh, hopefully you guys gain something from that. Uh, Even if you're not making the exact lineup, just kind of how we went about building it. 
Uh, you can always check fantasylabs.com for our correlations tool, which you can see more about, you know, which positions correlate with, with what and whatnot. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for the week seven uh, Fantasy Flex main slate pod. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the Action Network app. Be sure to visit actionnetwork.com for our fantasy football rankings, projections, and content and fantasylabs.com for our DFS content, tools, and models. Until next time, let's get this money.